This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Of course, the voice of Joe Fortenbaugh from yesterday, wanting to watch golfers who are good fail because he's bad at golf. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I made it pretty clear how I felt about the situation. I think everyone knows how I feel. I I do feel good for Ricky Fowler. He looks absolutely fantastic. Go get him. I just got a tip on this. Turns out the groundskeeper cut the rough a few weeks ago, assuming it would grow back, and it didn't because L.A. didn't get a lot of rain and it was cold at night, and these guys are just chipping out of it and having a ball out there. They are not how the U.S. Open should be. They are still having a ball out there. Joe Fortenbaugh loves misery. Ricky Fowler right now, certainly not miserable. He is 10 under right now in the second round through seven, 10 under total overall. Uh, He has been playing very well. He is at the top of the leaderboard. So has everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally have a day out there. Yeah. Everybody else playing very well on this course as the U.S. Open is in Los Angeles for the first time in many decades. We finally have the answer. It was teased before the NBA finals from Adam Silver. How many games will John Morant be suspended? Will there be a suspension? We have all of our answers finally now. Before we get into that, though, Joe is going to do what he does best. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 1-0-1 yesterday, that under in the Dodgers-White Sox game looked good, then it looked awful, then it ended in a push. We'll take it. So we're up one unit. Overall, the show, 144 wins, 133 losses, two ties. We are up 11.14 units. First one tonight, Red Sox minus 125 over the Yankees. No Aaron Judge for the Bombers tonight, which is great news for Boston righty Tanner Houck. He's got a 5-2-3 ERA. It looks intimidating, but there are several underlying metrics pointing to the fact that he's been pitching a lot better than that ERA suggests, so we're getting him at a discount. Domingo Herman going for the Yankees, that's a different story. He's known for giving up a lot of home runs. It's been his thing throughout his career. And on the road this season, he has struggled. ERA north of four, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is particularly alarming. So we're going to bet against the Yanks tonight. Pizza money number one, Red Sox, minus 125 over New York. Breaking news regarding John Moran and the suspension. 25-game suspension to start next season. There will be conditions to his return. This has been extraordinarily penal Mm -hmm. to Ja from a financial standpoint. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive protects your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, and RV, and could save you money. Visit Progressive.com. So you heard it there. 25 games was the suspension handed down from Adam Silver and the NBA to John Morant after he brandished a firearm on Instagram Live. John Morant is due to make about $33.5 million this season, Joe. He's going to lose $7.5 million, roughly, with this suspension, so he'll make twenty six million instead of thirty three and a half million since he's been suspended for roughly thirty percent of the season. What do you make of the suspension? I'll extend your analysis a little bit because I always like getting the per game averages. He's going to lose three hundred and four thousand dollars per game, which for a guy making one hundred ninety two million over five years, which is an extension, he's already made a lot of money. That probably doesn't mean a whole lot, but damn. That number resonates with me. $304,000 per game. I wish I could lose $300,000 a day. I mean, how good would it be to be in the, like, it would be so great to be in that situation. Especially if it's like a road game against the Heat or the Magic where there's no state income tax because they all get taxed based on where they play. So, my God, that just really stings. That's the first thing that stings the nostrils. I see a lot of people 
suggesting the suspension should have been more. I don't, I don't know where I land on that. I mean, 25 games is 30% of the season. You're going to lose $7.5 million. And to be honest, and I know this is going to rub people wrong, but it's not as if he even committed a crime. Now, I get what he did was wrong. I'm not trying to make excuses for it. But for the people who were calling for a full season, half a season, it feels pretty, it feels pretty punitive to me. Do you agree? It is punitive, right? I mean, 30% of the season is punitive. Now, is it punitive enough? I think that that's what people are questioning. And you're right. A lot of people expected for some reason that it would be an entire season. I actually don't have a problem with the 25 games. I do feel like it's pretty a significant, pretty, you know, pretty significant portion of the season. And then also I understand seven and a half million sounds like a whole different number to somebody like me than it does to somebody like John Morant. When you have a couple hundred million of those millions, it's probably a little bit easier to lose seven and a half. But I want to say that seven and a half is still pretty darn significant in a season where you're making 33 and a half. I mean, that's a pretty significant cut. They're certainly hitting him where it hurts. It is a significant suspension. The NBA in the statement they released that coincided with the suspension made it very clear that they took issue with the fact that Jaw had said it wouldn't happen again, and then it happened again. So they were clearly taking issue with that. They said he obviously needs some time right now. Basketball needs to take a back seat. He needs time to reflect. Jaw did release a statement saying that he has had time to reflect. In the statement, he said that he's sorry for failing as a role model. And I did feel like that that was an important part of his statement. Now, listen, these statements always fall short to me because the PR team puts together these statements. It's right. not like the player's actually sitting down and pouring his heart out. Let's be real. His this could be chat GPT. Thing. Like, yeah, you could it, go to AI and be like, write an apology yeah. for a suspension for an NBA player. And then you're and having that artificial your manager intelligence it. will give you something y- good. Your, your PR firm's reviewing it. Your manager's reviewing it. Right. Your agent's reviewing it. Like, let's be real. Uh, that's what's happening here. Do you think they even ran it by... Let me ask you this. Do you think they even ran it by him? Or do you yes, think they just put it together, run it by themselves, and then send it out? They run it by him only <laughs> from a fiduciary duty perspective. Like, they okay. quite literally run it by him just for liability. That is it. They email it to him. <laughs> he might not even open the email. But they, like, copy him. They CC him, you know, on the email. That's what it is. CC Jaw, here's your statement. And maybe he gives it a gander. But yes, I do think he sees it. I don't think he writes it. I do think whoever wrote it was smart to include that sentence about the role model portion of this because that does seem to be what the NBA is focused on here as well these guys are role models whether they want to be or not right we've got the the famous line from years ago from Charles Barkley it was I think it was right some of these guys don't exactly want to be role models the reality is if you're a player of John Morant's caliber and expected to be that next face of the NBA like John Morant was poised to be you're going to be a role model for better for worse it's not about whether you're doing something legal or illegal it is going to be about whether you're doing something that they feel like in that role model position makes the league look good and the problem here is this doesn't make the league look good and the league's going to take issue with things that doesn't make the league look good. John Morant's got to know that because this is what he does for a living. And also he has to know that his profile is so high that it matters how he conducts himself while doing that thing for a living. That's the reality. I do think that this drives the point home though. I think it's a pretty hefty suspension without question. And that's very well said. And one thing people fail to recognize sometimes when it comes to the role model thing and how individuals purport themselves. These leagues are all trying to make sure they win over the moms. 
The moms are the heads of the household with a lot of decision-making, okay? That was one of the big reasons, and I know you're not going to like this analogy, but it's one of the big reasons the WWE moved away from blood and drinking beers in the ring and using foul language. The moms didn't like it. They need it to be a little bit more wholesome. They need to give the approval for their kids to watch, and that's what helps to bring in the ratings. You've already got the hardcore dudes watching it. It doesn't matter what you do in your off time. They don't care. But you want to win over the moms, so you win over the households. Brandishing guns on Instagram doesn't win over the moms. It doesn't win over the moms. And also, I think, just to move this forward into 2023, frankly, here, because of some of the sensitivity surrounding these issues and the problems that we do have with gun violence in this country, I'm not sure it wins over the dads either, right? I mean, I'm just not sure it wins over the parents generally because of the environment that we're living in right now. This is a hot-button issue, and John Moran's pressing that button. And it's something that the NBA doesn't probably want its players publicly anywhere near so it's not that you can't have a firearm there are parameters where these guys can have firearms and they can brandish firearms within certain parameters under the cba and of course under the laws of their municipality but the problem is doing it on social media and doing it on social media when you've already been warned and told not to do it and you're doing it again anyways even though he had given his assurance to the nba it would not happen so that's why he gets the suspension I do think it's a hefty suspension. I would imagine if he has another one of these strikes, though, this thing looks wildly differently than just seven and a half million, which seven and a half million, man. Again, sounds like a lot of money coming up next. We want to hear from you. What do you think, though? Is 25 games enough for John Morant? 30% of the season, we will open up the phone lines to you. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We take your calls on John Morant next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So John Morant has been suspended 25 games effective immediately. He will not be with his team starting now for the first 30% of of the season. He loses seven and a half million dollars roughly this season out of the 33 and a half million that he was set to make. We are taking your calls. Is it enough or is it too much? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's where we find Brian. Brian is in Virginia Beach. Hey, Brian, thanks for the call. Go ahead. 
Hey, how y'all doing? And thank you for taking the call. Um, and forgive me, there's a big storm going in the background if you can't really hear me, so I apologize about that. But um, in my opinion, 25 games, 30%, whatever the millions are, that's not enough. And the reason being is because Ja was supposed to be the face of the NBA after Steph and after LeBron. He and Zion Williamson. Um, and this is what children usually model their games after. They model their games after NBA and NFL stars and so forth. The issue is they also model their lives after them. And there's no amount of money and no number of games that can be levied that's going to affect how children are going to look at his actions and say, okay, well, it's cool for Ja to do it, so it's cool for me to do it. Now, there's been many cases where children have seen athletes do things and they've modeled it in the good side and on the bad side. And if children are thinking that this is okay to go out and brandish guns and to already be internet thugs as they are because they see their face of their league doing it, then I don't think there's any amount of punishment other than just getting him out of the league that's even going to equate to what his impact would be on children. Brian, thanks for the call. A lot of people, Joe, feeling like Brian said, and the NBA recognizing it, because in part their statement said the potential for other young people to emulate Jaws' conduct is particularly concerning, quote, end quote. It is something that they are very concerned about, is young people emulating the conduct that they're seeing from Ja Morant. All of a sudden, Ja makes it cool to brandish weapons, and that's not exactly what the NBA wants its league associated with. Very fair points. Hard to argue any of it. The one thing I would suggest is that if you go out there and you hand him 50, if you hand him a full season, while a lot of people would be in favor of that because of what he did, the union's going to get involved, mm-hmm. there are going to be appeals, and that number's going to be reduced. So I get it. Maybe you wanted the hammer to come down a little bit harder on behalf of the league, but they're also well aware of the fact that once it goes to appeal, it's going to be difficult to hand a guy 50 games or a full year when he didn't actually do anything illegal. Right. And that's where the complexity comes in, because, yes, they have a vast power here if he's in violation of the morals component of the CBA. Right. If he's in violation of the morals clause, like a lot of us have morals clauses in our employment contracts, they have a lot of leeway. But also he has a union behind him and that union has lawyers and those lawyers could sue the NBA as well in an outside court. And you get into a whole issue there because, like Joe said, he didn't actually do anything illegal he just did something that feels morally reprehensible or you're concerned because of the optics of it the other thing I will say past that those legal conversations that have certainly come up when we're talking about suspending a player and we're talking about messing with a player's money the other thing I will say about this and I always it's hard to it's hard to know where to go with this because I think that caller's right that kids do emulate these athletes. These athletes are role models. And then also how much of the responsibility is on these players and on the league? Like at what point does it stop? Now I understand what they're doing it's here. A fair I do think, but it like at some point it's like, and it, it has to be on parenting as well, right? Like it has to be on raising your kids to understand that just because the athlete's doing something doesn't actually mean you should be doing something. I'm sure that's easier said than done. Of course. It's easier said than done, but you want to find that balance. On one hand, my oldest son, he's six. He's on a soccer team. 
every weekend when these kids show up for games, their hairs are dyed different colors based on what Neymar's doing, based right. on what uh, Mbappe's doing. They're making it cool. Yeah, they want to look just like them. They want to wear the same shoes. We all know how that works. They want to cut their jerseys off midway through for football. They want the abs to show out like some of the guys do. I get it. And then on the same side, it's it's we. <laughs> and here's where you get caught up in it. It, we get upset about some of this, but when you win the divisional series in Major League Baseball and everyone's in the locker room spraying alcohol all over the place and getting wasted, that's okay. That is fun and celebratory. Let's not get mad about that, but we're going to get mad about other things. Now, I'm not knocking locker room celebrations. I think they're fantastic, but we do tend to pick and choose our spots when it comes to how these guys should behave. Well, and so that's the whole thing. Like, how much influence? Are we concerned our children are spraying alcohol around because they just saw the guys on the Denver Nuggets spray alcohol around when they won the championship? I don't know. I don't want to sound like preachy parent because I only have a four-year-old, so I'm not fully there yet. But I do have somewhat of an issue with the idea that these guys fully have to live their lives with the idea that kids will be emulating them. Although, again, I think here that certainly does apply, and the NBA made it clear that that does apply. Trey is in Fort Myers. Hey, Trey, thanks for the call. You're on with Joe and Amber. Go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? So I just I feel like he needs – I feel like either the league itself or the team – or maybe even his agent, they should get him a, a, a life coach. Like, you should see John Morant walking around, out and about with a life coach. He should be doing gun safety classes with kids. He needs to get out in front of this and be visible and be seen. Because, yeah, all right, you don't get to play for 25 games, but you're still going to make all this money. If he doesn't get seen doing something that makes him look positive and look like he's trying to change his ways or – just like because everybody's main thing is the kids. He needs to do something with the kids about gun laws and gun safety and all of those type of things and, and make it genuine, at least genuine looking. I don't know if that should be mandated by the NBA, but I liked that idea. Like, I feel like his team around him, if he's got a smart team around him, and that's an if considering the behavior that we've seen recently. If he has a smart PR team around him, though, Joe, I agree with that caller. That's the direction that they should be going to sort of rehab John Morant's image overall, which helps his brand. It's all about branding in the end. It's all about making back some of that money that he will have lost from the suspension. I mean, that's what Michael Vick did a lot of after he got out. There was a whole lot of education in inner cities on dogs and dog fighting and the mistakes he made and the mistakes he didn't want to see other people making. Go out there, try to make a difference. And it paid off for him. It paid off for him in his NFL career when he came back, and it paid off for him hugely in his broadcasting career after the NFL because he had rehabbed his image. We're going to continue with your phone calls next. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Taking your calls here on Joe and Amber on the John Morant suspension. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation. 888-729-3776. Brian is in Arkansas. Hey, Brian. Thanks for the call. What do you have? I, I just want to say, I, I think it's fair. If, if you look at the past suspensions for, for people who have done things in, in NBA, NFL, or any sport, Everybody's going to complain about, oh, he's losing his money, or they're going to complain that it's too short. I think it's fair. This is John Morant's first infraction in the NBA. I mean, you, you look back, he's not really done anything wrong. He's been the face of the league. I think it's fair. 
It's well, technically well, a second infraction, yeah, a right? Because he was suspended the eight games for the first time that he did this, a very similar thing on Instagram Live. That's the problem here is that he had essentially done this before he was suspended for it. Now he's done it again after assuring the NBA that there wouldn't be any such incident again. He then goes and does the same thing. And here this incident is just such pure decision making too, Joe. Like there was absolutely no reason for this to occur other than John Moran. And it was wholly and completely jaw. Like it was not his friends in the car. It was jaw just grabbing a gun, alleged gun, right? He's claiming it's a toy gun, whatever looked very real, grabbing a gun, brandishing it on Instagram live. And his boy who was on the Instagram live realizes immediately and tries to put the camera down to stop the whole thing. Because even the friends that jaw has around him probably realize this ain't gonna be good for you. This is not a good look. He needs to recognize that he needs to have some sort of moment where he really realizes the power that he possesses because of how good he is and all the work that he's put in to get here and how he is jeopardizing the entire thing with these silly decisions that he's making. But again, 25 games is what they've decided will get that message across because eight games certainly didn't get that message across. Couple points on that. Number one, part of this penalty, and this is the this is the underlying, this isn't they're gonna come out and say this publicly. Part of this penalty is, hey, you're an idiot for doing this so quickly after you just got punished for this. Like we can't sit back and even think about being cool with you because that is such a slap in our face that we just went through this with you and then you went and did it again. How dumb can you be? That's part of this penalty. Number two, there's a lesson here. Stop filming everything you do in your life and broadcasting it to the world. I know it feels that's like it makes not, you a that's celebrity. That's an old man's lesson. You no have to stop All the kids doing this. just tuned out. We no, no have evolved from chimpanzees. We are not as smart as we think we are. There are things we do as human beings that are smart. There are lots of things we do that are really dumb. Stop broadcasting yourself to the entire world every time you do something. A, you're not that important. B, you're likely going to do more dumb things than you do smart things. For every Elon Musk, there's 15,000 Joe Fortinballs. It's a bad ratio. Be very careful with all the streaming. I, I think that, again, you sound ancient with that advice. The better advice, oh, really? I think. How old are you? Is that I'm 40, but I am a young That's 40. Old. That I am is young quite at heart, old, if I may Joe, say. and I relate to the younger generation. Huh? And I know Gen Zers are all about filming everything and putting it out for the world. They're going to do it regardless of our generation thinking it's absolutely absurd and ridiculous. I am so thankful that I didn't grow up with social media nearly as rampant as it is. Oh, so you wouldn't have handled it well? Thankful that stuff. You wouldn't have handled it well? <laughs> I would have handled it, I think, kind of okay. Don't get me wrong. That's a terrible endorsement. Kind I would have handled okay. it okay. I was a good kid, man, for the most part. Good kid for the most part. I was Ugh. a great kid because there's no evidence otherwise, right? Like that, what that's that it's a fine line between good and great. And that fine line exists because there's no evidence otherwise because I grew up in a different generation. But this generation, everything's on video and everything's on film. And the better advice is if you're growing up in this social media generation and you want to put everything on Instagram live because that's how you conduct yourself and that's what all the kids do, fine, learn how to navigate it. Know what to put on there and learn, know what not to put on there. 
That's yeah. the reality of it. I would have gotten into so well, much have, more I trouble no doubt than I already have. got into. There is no way I would have been capable of growing up in that generation. I am so lucky, I'm going to be honest, I met my wife like the day before Tinder became cool. And I never got to play with Tinder. And that's also a very, very good thing because I would have gotten in a lot of trouble there as well. It is very important that I was born exactly when, it, when I was because I missed a lot of key things that would have just ended me. I played, ended me. I played my life very straight edge in a lot of ways because I always wanted to do this for a living. So I, I think for some t- sometimes <laughs> I have a lack of There's sympathy. That drop. Well, it, it wait, what? The nerd alert drop. That's exactly what, what the Austin Powers nerd alert drop. It's not nerdy exactly to want to be a sports broadcaster. What you it's nerdy about? to be thinking about that from the time you were what, like eight? 12, probably okay. 12. 12, I was certain you know, that I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Get and that so, drop, gentlemen. Nerd alert. And so I there always, we go. Well that's done. That's what you guys are looking for. And so I did, I feel like, live my life in a certain way where I always knew that there are certain things I wouldn't want to come up, right? Like it may not help me in this business. For example, I never dated an athlete. Now I maybe have some regrets about that. But at the time I did this dream we go. very, very seriously. Triple eight, say ESPN. I would it like is. you to ex- expand more upon what you've been talking yeah, we, about. This is finally a time that we're very interested more, yeah. in what you have to say. Why don't you just go on and on? We're all listening. Everybody on hold, stay on hold. We'll get to you. 729-3776. My point is, if you know you're going to have a high-profile right high profession, and that is your dream, which I imagine it was the dream of John ja Morant, you have to be a little bit more careful of your decision-making because people are watching. Ben. Ben is in New Orleans. Ben, save me from this conversation. What do you have on John ja Morant? I think it's pretty uh, – it's fair because you have to look at the big picture sometimes. He hasn't been in the NBA for very long. He hasn't had a long time to garner endorsements. And then when you look at the big picture, he hasn't probably saved a lot because he's been, you know, padding his lifestyle. So this is going to hit him really hard in the, in the immediate term, losing the money. But the hundreds of millions of dollars he's going to lose in the long run is really where it's going to hurt his pocketbook. And, you know, look at Kobe. Kobe had a very decent career. He wasn't even guilty of anything in the long run, but he lost hundreds of millions uh, of, of dollars because of, you know, what happened early in his career. So I think the financial impact is going to be huge, but the long-term impact of losing endorsements is going to really, really hurt him in the long run. It is true, Joe, that when he gets this reputation, and he's certainly on his way to getting that reputation, it ends up hurting him. Like, the league is concerned about its own image. That's the reality of it. The league is trying to protect itself and send a message to the players that are supposed to be the face of it. But John Moran is ultimately going to hurt himself in the pocketbook even more than he already has if he continues down the path of hurting his brand. And again, you can hurt your brand without doing anything illegal at all. No doubt. No doubt. There's so much money to be made when you're a John Moran or, say, a Pat Sajak. There is so much money out there to be made because once you're famous and you do things the right way, people want to work with you. They want you endorsing their products. They want you investing in their companies. When you tarnish that image, you cost yourself opportunity. The question is whether or not he cares about that because right now he doesn't really act as if he cares about it, and that's something you probably grow to regret later in life. 
David. David is in Maui. Hey, David. Thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, how's it? Um, so my question is, name another player who could benefit more from Chris Paul's mentorship than John Morant. That is an interesting fit there in Memphis because of that, because of that component. I don't know, though, if this is just we need the vet in the locker room kind of circumstances when it comes to job because this stuff is off the court. Yeah, he needs it, too. He needs to want to adjust. Like, the fact that he got nailed for this infraction, this behavior once, and then immediately turned around and did the same thing, like, what was it, a couple months later? Like, that shows a clear willingness that I don't give a you-know-what mm-hmm. about any of these rules, regulations, or what anyone thinks about me. I'm going to be me. So when it talk, when we talk about heat culture or Chris Paul and veterans coming in, if he doesn't care, it's not going to matter. No one's going to get through to him. I'm looking at the longest suspensions in NBA history, by the way, for context. And certainly now he is on the list of one of the longest suspensions in NBA history. All the what was Malice at the him? Palace? Oh, 80. What those guys get? Uh, let's see. Uh, Meta, uh, Meta World Peace got 86 games for that. That feels light. That feel actually, you know what? That actually feels quite heavy now that I look back. That he got eighty six. Well, you went up in the stands and you That's fought the longest a guy. ever, by the way. It's the longest in NBA history. That's the longest. God, suspension. I would have loved to have been on the radio when that happened. You had how Spree- great would have that Latrell, been? Latrell Sprewell, sixty eight games. Gilbert Arenas for for bringing that gun into the locker room. Fifty games. Fifty games for, for having it actually in the locker yeah. room and brandishing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, and you have, and then oh uh, Stephen Jackson for his role at Malice in the Palace was thirty games. He got five more than Ja, huh? Yeah, he got more. You, (laughs) some of these certainly. I mean, the suspensions that are more than Ja seem to involve allegations of actual violence for the most part, absent Gilbert Arenas um, with the gun being there at the facility. But otherwise, it's involving actual violence. So I actually, even looking at this list and looking at who's been suspended more, who hasn't been suspended as much, it feels fair. Where, where Jaw lands essentially on this list. Still one of the longest suspensions in NBA history at 25 games. Still pretty hefty. Triple H, say ESPN if you want to join the conversation on Jaw Morant. Coming up next, who could be the Nuggets of the NFL next year and win their first ever title? We will argue about that as well. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. And I never got to play with Tinder. Joe and Amber, the podcast. about to argue to the death or just argue actually just argue until James Steele chooses a winner typically the jury pool is tampered with here when we play jury duty and James Steele rules in the favor of Joe Fortenbaugh see this is very how you get in system. trouble and then you I'm start complaining up the at second. the end Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh you can find me as well at Amber W Sports let's do it all right. It's time to state your case. Welcome to jury duty. This is jury duty with Joe and Amber. All right. So um, as we all know, the Denver Nuggets won the NBA title. They beat, uh, who did they beat? Oh, man. Um, really? Really? That's not, not, that's not what a judge does. No, that's oh, not what a judge does. Uh, I object. The... <laughs> the, the Nuggets won the NBA championship. That was their first title uh, ever. So 
Our question today in jury duty is which team will be the Denver Nuggets of the NFL this season and win their first ever title? The floor is yours, Amber. Can I Can I throw one thing out there real quick? And this is just for, for the listeners. For I'll the listeners. It, yeah. Can we list the teams that have never won a title so everyone has an idea of what we're arguing here? I'm happy to bring it up. I have it in front of me, but I didn't want to steal the, sh- the floor from Amber. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You can All right. go ahead and Why say Why don't you him. bring it up? And on the, also, James, you have to tell us who jury duty is brought to us by. Go ahead, James. Uh, correct. Uh, jury duty is brought to you by Cordell and Cordell. The law offices of Cordell and Cordell, good friends, definitely would want to hire me, probably wouldn't want to hire Amber. That's so false. Let's see how this jury duty goes first. Here are the teams. List the teams. Bills, Browns, Bengals, Jaguars, Titans, Texans, Chargers, Vikings, Lions, Panthers, Falcons, Cardinals. All those teams have never won a Super Bowl. So if one of those teams was going to be the Denver Nuggets of the NFL this season, who would it be, Amber? Go. The team that would be most likely to be the Denver Nuggets in the NFL this season is the Cincinnati Bengals. There are two reasons for that. Reason number one, they are going to win their division. And they have a much easier path doing so than the Buffalo Bills, which is the team that most people would probably peg on that list as most set up to be the next Denver Nuggets. The Cincinnati Bengals are in a division with the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns. I have no idea if any of those other teams are going to pan out. What I know about the Buffalo Bills is their division was good last season and maybe great this season now that Aaron Rodgers has joined that division. Additionally, what Cincinnati, their weakness Their one weakness was addressed here this offseason. They made a big splash in free agency, bringing in Orlando Brown Jr. They're getting some protection there, added protection for Joe Burrow. They've had a very good offseason the last couple seasons in Cincinnati. They have a quarterback that we all think is probably, what, the second best quarterback, if not the best quarterback in the league. He is also a proven quarterback and can show that he can get to the big show. This time he's going to win the ring. It will be the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe, the floor is yours. First off, the fact that she kept it that concise is shocking. So that I feel was my like whole I have goal. no chance of winning this. My whole goal I have... was to keep it concise this time so Joe can't accuse me of the word salad. My so strongest for... argument has always been that it. she goes on and on for so long she loses the jury, and she just did a very nice job. She also made a very nice case for the Bengals. I'll refute a couple points. Um, Cincinnati... Defense, still a little suspect, 15th in opponent yards per play last year. They were a 12-4 and team last season, but they had a plus 96-point differential. That's more indicative of a 10-win team. So for the nerds who, who follow the analytics like me, a little regression could be coming. But still a very good case because it wouldn't shock me at all if it was Cincinnati. I will take the Buffalo Bills. I know a lot of people are going to look at what happened the last week with Stephon Diggs and say, no, 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 there's no chance. The Bills last year were 13-3 and with a plus 169-point differential. They actually underperformed by one or two wins. They were more indicative of a 14- or 15-win team. They're stacked. They got a franchise quarterback like Cincinnati. They've got a really good defense with Von Miller coming back. They're well-coached. And if they can get the one seed, and that's a big if, the road to the Super Bowl going through Ralph Wilson Stadium in that weather is going to be very difficult for everybody. But it'd be difficult in Cincinnati and Kansas City as well. Buffalo's been through the ringer the last two seasons. Bengals have too, but the Bills have tasted that true heartbreak the last two years. And you're forged in steel when that sort of thing happens. And I think last year was such a disappointment that this team's coming back 
very, very hungry, and very, very focused. So there are a lot of options out there, but I do think the AFC set north is going to be won by the Baltimore Ravens, and the wild card path is going to be very difficult. Give me the Buffalo Bills as the team to be this year's NFL version of the Denver Nuggets. Both made very good cases. And now, and, now I'd like to point Amber, out we have, we have like three minutes left in the segment because I was so concise. See, and there's other things to talk about. Imagine that. Imagine that. I was I was giving you a compliment, uh, saying that you made a very concise argument, and now you just keep talking. Uh, so <laughs> we got a lot of space. Has anything, to has anything really changed? Still, I don't even know. We still have like two minutes fifty seconds. Trust to me, if he rules against me, I'll fill the rest of the time. I'll be irate. I'm usually irate. Oh, Actually, no. you know what? You made you did a nice job this week. I'm not going to be mad. Both 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 very good arguments uh, here. Uh, the jury has come to a consensus though that we think that the overall the Bengals have gotten better. And the Bills haven't really. So Amber wins uh, jury duty today. Uh, the Bengals are the most likely team uh, to be the Nuggets of the NFL this year. Wow. This, this what a rat. Listen, what is, a rat. Knowing, knowing what Cincinnati says about your Kansas City Chiefs, what a is, rat to go is, ahead and that pick was them. Shocking this is not that easy He's a me. rat. I hate yeah, both the was... Bengals and the Bills. Uh, it, very I'm very proud of you for being the objective fiery, there, Chiefs fan. I'm very it's, proud of you. It was a, it was a tough decision, and uh, yeah, I didn't take it lightly. And, Showing the uh, rare semblance yes, you did. of you professionalism. You had the decision in thirty seconds. That's, That's the true. definition of taking it. Lightly. This would have yeah. been more fun if one of us had gone with any other team other than the Bills or yeah, the Bengals. I wanted to take right? the Jags. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to take the Jaguars. It's 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 they're a year away from 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 that. Mm-hmm. They're a year away. They are going to be very good this year, but they still need a little bit more seasoning. They have a great path. Defense is improved. Plenty of weapons. Trevor Lawrence took a huge step forward under Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is a hell of a head coach. And that division is so soft this year, they should cruise through it and be able to host a playoff game. The Jags are going to be the team everyone talks about this summer as the surprise team to the point where they won't be a surprise. But I would have loved to have made a case for them. I've learned my lesson with the Chargers. You never make a case for the Chargers. They will always find a way to Charger. And that's just what they do. They have the loser in their blood. They can't get it out. Well, and they also have Brandon Staley at the helm, so that might be part of the problem there for the Chargers. I agree with you about the Jags, but we're not quite there yet. So if the game is who's going to win a Super Bowl this season, then for me, the Jags can't quite be on that list. But I do think they'll start being in that conversation, and certainly maybe they could be who we're arguing for next season. We saw the strides that Trevor Lawrence took as well this past season. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, more on John Morant's suspension next is 25 games enough. Joe and Amber, the podcast.